Well, hey, welcome to the X podcast this week's episode. And I am what? I am here with my friend Tim. Yeah. And you were full of smiles. What? You were full of smiles. How are I you? Just, it was good. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. How are what's, you? What's new? What's new? You look tan. I've tan well. I'm just you look uh, fresh. Got back from a trip. It was yeah. good. Yeah. How was it? Yeah, it was you, really good. Yeah. What'd you do? Where'd you go? Uh, we went to uh, Aruba. Aruba. Yeah. That's not real. Yeah. That's real. Okay. It was okay. really nice. I don't believe that. <laughs> hey, you know what? A lot of times there's so much going on in the world, and I don't know. Well, I do know exactly when this podcast is going to air, but I mean, so many things, you know. Uh, who knows? By the time this airs, uh, Elon Musk could have added the edit button to who Twitter. Who knows what he, he has done, taken over, purchased yeah. Twitter. So many things are going on. I saw today that a fifth of the world's reptiles are in danger of going extinct. Did you know that? Mm-mm. Have you been thinking about that lately? No. Okay. Not at all. But let me tell you something exciting you, you have been thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a really exciting time for you. Yeah. You have written a book. I have written a book. And it is called? Scary Faith. Scary Faith. What's the subtitle? Overcome Fear and Step into the Life You Never Imagined. Overcoming Fear. Overcome. Overcome Fear and Step into the Life You Never Imagined. Yeah. So exciting. And uh, a few things that are going along with this that are really exciting is we have, we're in the middle of a series yep. uh, as a church, church based off the book. And you can just tell, like... Even just this past Sunday, people's wheels turning mm-hmm. and paradigm shifting of really you reframing faith. Yeah. And you bring in the question that is deep inside everybody that we'll talk about, which is, could I be made for more? Yeah. And could life be more? Yeah. Uh, but it's also exciting because as of us releasing this podcast, we're days away. Yes. From it officially being released. Yep. Hitting Amazon, available to purchase. And so, and other retailers, and other retailers, but pretty much Amazon, but mainly so Amazon. everyone buys yes. their stuff from Amazon. That's, that's where you go, is Amazon's Amazon. King. And uh, and so it's a really really exciting time. Yeah. So uh, I want to I want to start with a little bit of uh, let's do an origin story, a little bit. Okay. Why you wrote it, and let's go back to uh, the moment you knew you were going to write this book. Hmm. How did that happen? Okay. Have you always thought about writing a book? <laughs> I have. I actually. Okay. I actually had a goal um, in mind, what, five years ago that I was going to write a book by a specific age. What and age? And I'm not going to say. Okay. Um, which was last year. Mm. Um, so I finished the book in that year. So okay. I'm really, I'm happy okay. for that. Yeah. I didn't come out in that year, but I'm, I finished it within that year. Yeah. So I, I, within that time frame. But I actually thought it was going to be a different book, and that was years ago. So it really wasn't. Wait, until, what book did you originally think it was going to be? Uh, well, that, I can't talk about that. It could be a future book. Okay. Um, so in 2019, I had a sense on, oh man, I don't know if I remember this, March 22nd. Mm. March 19th. March 22nd. Mm. Um, I think it was. I have that written down somewhere. Anyways, I remember the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I remember the exact day. It was either March 22nd or March 19th that I just felt compelled to write this book. Mm. Um, I had just read um, an article that my father-in-law had sent to me, and there was something that they said in that article that just um, prompted me in that moment, and um, it kind of was about walking on water, and it was about faith, and it was kind of what I'd been living 
through and going through. And I just, just something screamed inside of me that, that day and was like, write a book. And so I just immediately started to scribble the outline. I probably had eight of what now is 12 chapters in that book. I had them like outlined that morning. Like just so, so, so the I just, moment you had the idea for that book, mm -hmm. you wrote the outline that day. I wrote a good portion of the outline, not all of it, but I mean, I just started writing down, hmm. and it it wasn't hard. Like it's not like sit down and okay, what could I have to say about faith? It was it flowed because it was just my life. Yeah, for the last several years. So very, to me, which by the way, spoiler alert, I have read it. Yes, and it is awesome. Oh, well, it's I so so that. good. It reads so fun. And um, so it reads so readable. Yeah. Um, and it's my hope. It is. Uh, it's it's impactful. It's jarring, but in a good way. Yeah. Um, and so, but it is very autobiographical. There's yeah. A lot of your yeah, story I mean, I interweaved with mm -hmm. Peter's story of stepping out onto the water. Yeah. And what it looks like to actually live that way. Yeah. And and so I it really did. That's why I think it flowed pretty easily. Mm -hmm. The outline writing a book's not that easy, but the outline did because. These were just things that I had just walked through. Yeah. And so it was, they were fresh. I had been walking through them. Mm -hmm. And so they were concepts that most of this is, um, you know, most of these things that I talk about in here, concepts are things that I experienced while walking by faith, stepping out in faith, taking risk, trying to figure out, am I supposed to do this, not supposed to this? Am I going the right direction? Am I going the wrong direction? What am I doing? You know, and a lot of it was, what I kind of truths that I kind of unpacked for myself yeah. um, in that journey. And, you know, some of it I, I hope will challenge the status quo of what we mm -hmm. think faith is. Yeah. That's, that's some of my hope. I want to, yeah. I, some of it I hope kind of pushes back against what people mm -hmm. think it means to have faith. I think in, and I mean, we'll go into the content, but I think, I think it comforts and, and, and challenges. I think it mm -hmm. comforts in the sense that you really, and you're, you're big on this, you wrote it not on the other end of having arrived on the other shore, mm -hmm. but a lot of this is stuff you, as you're in the middle of the journey, as mm -hmm. you're still trusting God, as you're still taking scary steps, and so you're very vulnerable in it, and you're very accessible, and you're reframing faith to the to the idea of, look, I'm scared. I experience these emotions. Yep. I experienced doubt, and so I think you comfort people by by letting anybody that thinks that the kind of people who launch churches or businesses or write books aren't human, yeah. and you very humanize it and say, no, I feel what you feel, but yeah, I feel what you feel, but still take a step. Yeah, still dream for more. Still go after what God has put in your heart, and don't let fear stop you. Yep. Um, and so it's really inspiring. But uh, that day, you had the idea. You wrote down the, and this is where, if anybody's listening, this is where me and you argue because uh, you are convinced that people think that the writing process is, is boring. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm like, well, we're going to talk about writing a book. <laughs> so if, if, if you hate this next little few minutes, you can blame me. But I, one of the things that's been fun is yeah. uh, not, not to circle any of this back to me, but is that we got to kind of go through some of this journey at the same time. Yeah. I was um, in the latter half of writing and producing and publishing and editing and all that, my book, while you were in, you'd already been working part. on it for a while, but somewhat in the first part. And so we got to bounce ideas off each mm -hmm. other and, and maybe, you know, uh, learn from each other a little bit and, and, and uh, you get to learn from my mishaps of all the stuff in the latter part of uh, publishing. But um, it was, uh, a I told you, I, I have people come up to me now, more people than I ever imagined, that are mm. like, I have always wanted to write a book. Yeah. 
and you actually doing it has made me want to ask questions mm. and want to learn more about the process. And I'm fascinated. Even even Kevin, we had a similar podcast this like a year and a half ago. It was like he, he was all curious about one. Okay, what's the environment like? What's the process like? Yeah. And so I think, and then we've talked about this. Donald Miller's a big believer that everybody at some point, in some way, should write a book. Mm. Um, writing Donald Miller, we, we attended one of his writing seminars. He said the person that can learn how to communicate through writing can uh, change the world. Yeah. He said, if you can write, you're unstoppable. Yeah. Because I think any part of communication is powerful. And so I, I think no matter who's listening, it's always fun to at least uh, just hear process and learn mm. how, how do you do that. So I'm curious for you, was writing harder than you imagined? I mean, in some way, every week you have to write <clears throat> yeah. messages. So yeah. some form of writing discipline has been in your life for six decades now. Um, Did you just say six decades? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So so some form of writing discipline has been there, but I'm curious for you. uh, Did you you find the process hard? What what was your approach to it? Um, What did you learn? What helped? Um, Did you start right away? No. Okay. I didn't. I actually... um, So the seed was born. The seed was planted, outlined... Uh, probably shortly thereafter, mm-hmm. I kind of wrote part of the prologue. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like, you know, I, what was the unique angle that I wanted to take in this book? Um, I shared that with a few people. And then I I, I think COVID just kind of disrupted everything for a I while. I remember accidentally discovering that you did it because you did a screen share um, at a core team meeting that we used to do on Wednesdays. And I shouldn't have done this. I felt bad about it later. But I saw a little icon up on the screen. I was being nosy because you were showing us something else. I was like... Is that, is that a book? And you go, oh, is it, you, did, you did that little Tim Green. You, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, oh, you're writing a book. No. Nope. You're like, uh, nope. Yep, nope, nope. Nope. and I was like, oh, um, yeah. So I did, but I hadn't probably because I wasn't doing much on it then. So that was in. Um, do you remember that? That was, I think I do a little bit now that you say it. I think it was, so that was in March. Um, I think it, it kind of, I didn't do much with it probably continued to add a little bit of stories here and there as they would come um, to the outline, but I didn't really commit to writing it then. And then we hit um, early 2020 and COVID happened and just disrupted everything. And it wasn't until the fall of 2020 when you and I were just kind of, you were getting serious, Mm -hmm. I think, uh, in 2020 uh, for finishing your book. Yeah. You'd been working on it for like 17 years. Okay. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Before that. But, no, you had been working on it for a long time, but you got serious about it in that fall. If I remember, it was like September, October, somewhere in there. You got serious about finishing the book. Mm -hmm. And um, and it just kind of inspired me. You inspired me. So it's like, okay, I need to get to writing this book. I give you the the 30-minute challenge. Yeah. And and it's the the thing is this – Books just don't write themselves. My gosh. You, Isn't it you, so much harder than yeah, people would think? Yeah, I and mean, you're like, oh, I'm going to write a book one day. Uh, when you say that, you probably aren't. <laughs> um, you should probably say, I'm going to write a book today. How would you describe why it's so hard? Man, the amount of, of discipline and faithfulness that it takes to write a book is enormous. Mm-hmm. And I had to... So I actually didn't start really writing. I didn't finish the first chapter... And I remember, I think I sent it to you, and it was, I think, somewhere around December 9th of, I think, I remember 2020. Yep. 2020. It was in December I that I that. sent you the first chapter. I said, hey, read this. Mm. What do you think? Um, so that was in December of 2020. 
uh, I then really tried to stay pretty committed to doing the 30 minute challenge, which is, I think, Donald Miller's challenge, right? Like 30, or is it Donald Miller's? Like, write yeah, 30 minutes a day. You can write 30, 30 minutes a day. You can have a New York Times bestseller in a year. You could let you. You, you could. can have a book in a, a year, year could but possibly be. It could possibly be a New York Times yeah. bestseller, but I wouldn't guarantee that you're right. going to be a New York Times bestseller. That's right. pretty steep order. But um, so I, I was trying to really fall into that rhythm. Yeah. Um, and so I was getting up early every single day. I'd get about five o'clock. I would kind of get ready, whatever I needed to do, um, have some devotion time, and then I would try to write from six o'clock until about seven. And then I would kind of go on my day. And so I did that. Okay, I'm going to be Kevin slash Kerry Newhoff right now. Mm -hmm. Describe your writing environment. I know you, so there's not a bougie coffee no. pour over. Is there a William Augusta pouring out your JBLs? Is there candles no. lit? Is there no. dim uh, mood lighting? No. Um, are you at a hipster no. wooden table? Okay. It's me sitting on my couch with my laptop. <laughs> and Harley. Is Harley, and, is and Harley the, nearby? Harley, the Harley, dog, your dog is nearby. nearby. Okay. Um, that's that's so it. You're I don't have. Like, I didn't have a special writing feet, place. Feet up and nope. laptops on your lap. No, feet are not up. Okay. Just sitting down on the couch with just laptop on my lap. Yep, just like that. Yeah, that's what a lot Ever of it hurt was. your back? I don't know. It hurts a little bit now. Okay. Yeah. Um. I, so I did. I again. I didn't Is have anything airplane special. mode on. Nope. No, who's texting me at six o'clock in the morning? That's no true. one's awake. I mean, I'm awake. You know, you weren't. So, you see, so no one's bothering me. That's the one thing I liked about writing early. Mm -hmm. Is that no one bothered me? Yeah. What I didn't like about writing before work was, and this is a hard. It's hard to sometimes get into the flow mm -hmm. of writing, and then I would get into the flow sometimes, and then I had to stop. Yeah. And so you know, write for forty-five. I mean, sometimes it takes a half hour, forty-five minutes before the. It's just starting to before flow. Before you get the, in the zone. concept, the, yeah. Yeah, you get in the zone, and it's like coming. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, yeah, and I want to say this. I want to say this. And I want to, mm -hmm. and I want to connect that idea. You know. And so, Do you pace it all when you write? No. Mm. Pace? No. So, so I'm weird. Like no, when, I, when I'm writing, when things start coming to me, and I really start flowing. My, you, you can probably picture this because yeah. you see me when I talk on the phone or when I preach. Like I have to get up, and I start pacing. Oh, no. And I start walking, and mm. I like start, yeah. Oh, really? No. Mm -hmm. I just stay seated the whole time, and I just keep mm. typing away. Um, so I did that for about, well, it took me then about six months really to write the book. So That's I did, crazy. So about an hour a morning, about five mm, days a week. Mm, probably not even quite that, but I would do it three, three or four days a week. But then a lot of times on, the weekends, on, you would, on yeah. Friday, I remember that. day off on Friday, I'd get up early mm -hmm. and I would sometimes write for like two or three hours mm -hmm. on Friday mornings. Yeah. Sometimes That's on Saturday, not a ton. I'd usually be off on that, but I would... So I, that helped because I would then get into the flow right. and I would feel like I get something accomplished. Right. So I did that for several months. Mm -hmm. Toward the end of it, I just wanted to get it finished. So I took some time off. I took like a week off, mm -hmm. uh, a week or week and a half. I can't remember what it was, but really in a week. It was amazing having... Mm -hmm. So when I did that, I sat I outside. It was in June. I was mm -hmm. like on my front porch. So I just sit outside um, and, I, and I would spend four, five, six hours mm -hmm. writing. When I did that, I was able to actually, I, I probably wrote four of the 12 chapters mm -hmm. in like two days. Mm -hmm. But you actually can if you have de dedicated time right. to do something like that. Yeah. So I guess anybody that wants to write a book, I think there's probably a couple of different methods of what you can do. I think um, when you, if you're busy, you have a lot of other things to do, at least carving out 30 minutes, 45 minutes a day to write something. And maybe yeah. you could set yourself a goal if I could write a thousand words. I didn't ever do that. I wanted them to flow. I just yeah. wanted, I didn't kind of say, I just, it was more of a time. Right. I want to put time in on it. Yeah. It takes a lot of time. You put a lot of time in on it. Yep. And so I did that. And then 
And how and mentally. Yeah. Talk about the mental, because for me, the biggest battle is mental. What was? I, staying with it, consistent with it, not getting tired Dude, of it, you getting battle sick the thoughts of it, of, going I'm, back. This I'm is spending done. all this time and no, no one's, one's going to care. Read, no one's going to care. This is going to be awful. Um, sometimes, I'll tell you, I finished, you know, even finishing, when I finished the manuscript, which was in June, I think it was like June 17th of 2021. Mm -hmm. So it would have been, it's about six months, a little over yeah. six months later. When I finished it, um, you know, that was a, that's a great feeling when you're like, feel like your rough draft is then you're like, oh, you take a little bit, then I, but then you find out that's when the real work starts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I think that the, the process, in the editing. I thought the process after it was way worse than the process of writing. And there was parts of writing I loved it. Mm -hmm. I, we've talked about that. Yeah. I enjoyed the revelation. I enjoyed trying to figure out how to process some thoughts and nuanced thoughts down on paper that I think would challenge people that would, you know, did you I have any, um, did you have any just surprising, let me ask you this. Cause it's, I, I told you Monday, I went over to Kevin Jones circle mm -hmm. and they were actually doing kind of like a small group guide of the book I had written, which mm -hmm. is kind of weird to be there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's honoring, but it's weird. And they're asking, they're, they asked me questions like, okay, did this come out of your journaling? Did it come out of your, mm -hmm. Uh, you're over, and I was like, I guess mm -hmm. I said for me it was kind of a combination. I'm curious. I'm not bringing. I'm because I'm curious for you. For me, I was trying to process out loud. I was like, I think part of it is just life experience yeah. pouring onto the page. Mm -hmm. Other parts is notes I've taken along the way as I've you know from messages or just things I've journaled. And the other part, the third part, and this I'm curious if it was for you is, I made. I felt like I was finding surprising discoveries as I was oh, writing it. Yeah. 100%. Like, like, a, like, there's probably a quarter of it or a third of it that yeah. I, would, I would get done writing a chapter or a section. Be like, oh, that's it sounds that's good. Like, oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. I was not planning. I had a kind of a general yep. idea. So I'm curious for you, how did that play out? Yeah, I had. So you, you know how I approach things. I mean, I would have a fairly because you're pretty detailed outline yeah. for each chapter. Yeah. Okay. Like, here's that. the base story. I want to, you know, here's some of my life experiences in this, you know, here's a concept I want to wrestle. I want to have it. I just have an outline. Just yeah. like, I want to, I want to deal with this issue or I want to deal with this mm -hmm. concept or I want, you know, and, and so I knew what I was doing. I just mm -hmm. had to figure out how to get there yeah. and I would kind of, but there are definitely, I mean, I agree with you. I think that actually was the most exciting part of writing. Mm -hmm. And it's very similar for me and what I do with sermon prep. It's yeah. the same kind of thing when, like, revelation comes yeah. when you're studying, when you're trying, you know, like, that happens. That mm -hmm. happened in the writing process that helped. And probably because I'm using some of Scripture and some yeah. of this, and there's stories and you're engaging from there. And mind. Yeah. And you actually have Could space you, and time yeah. to do that and to process your mind with it. Mm. And Would you say this one, that was your favorite part of yeah. writing? How, yeah, absolutely. The, my favorite part of writing was was like you said, was finishing a section or finishing portion and going, I, I never would have seen that before, realized mm -hmm. that that was, that's freeing, that's mm -hmm. whatever, you know? Yeah. And so for me, that was the revelation, the feeling like I just, feeling like I had something to say, mm -hmm. you know, feeling like I think this will, it will be, I'm just picturing, this I hope will be freeing for people when they yeah. read this. I hope this will help people connect mm -hmm. dots that maybe they hadn't been able to connect mm -hmm. before. Because that's the way it felt for me. Yeah, and it kind of reminded me. I think it was that um, Stephen King. I think even said I forget if it was in his book on writing, but um, he even talked about that happened with a lot of his books. It happens mm -hmm. with a lot of his books with fiction. Now, mm -hmm. granted, I think I think this can exist in fiction and nonfiction. I think if I recall, he talked about and again, his he's a fiction writer, but he was like if 
the book surprises you, it'll surprise the reader. Yeah. If you go into writing a book, you know exactly what it's going to say, and you do that, it's probably not going to be. I thought it was Stephen King that said that because he's talking about fiction. Hmm. No, I think Stephen King also did. Hmm. And I think he says something uh, into that, like going, like, because he was talking about character development and he was talking about when you're doing fiction. And it was like, I think he would say, I would get into the book, but I have no idea. Is that person going to die? Is this, per- is this storyline going to come? And the storyline would unfold yeah. as he was doing it. Yeah. And those were the, the most, uh, the best, the well received books because you, you're literally, you're as the author, and this is a fiction, mm-hmm. discovering it yeah. as you're writing the story. Yeah. And I think with nonfiction, perhaps for me, what I've seen in books I've read, and this is the first one I've written, perhaps there's that same incredible discovery process. Mm-hmm. But it's happening with a concept. It's yeah. happening with a truth. Right. It's not a fiction story that you're creating, right. but it's you're discovering. And when you discover yeah. something that kind of lights a fire inside you, then hopefully that translates to the yeah. page and to the words, yeah. and it hopefully will light a fire in someone else. No, that's good. It's, and it's interesting, too, because that book by Stephen King um, on writing was, I know, so impactful for, for both of us. And he has such an interesting take mm-hmm. on fiction. Yeah. Like you said, because a lot of fiction authors are like, um, no, you need to have a whole outline. But he, he basically, he, yeah. I remember one of the things he said was, he said for him in fiction writing, uh, to have a plot is unimaginative. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that kind of flies in the face of everything you would think. And, I've, you know, that doesn't work for everybody. Well, but it is interesting. It's, it's okay. I think, you know, in every movie, there is a plot, but right. having the plot before you do it, probably in the book or a script, mm-hmm. um, you I think life doesn't life doesn't reveal itself as a plot ahead of time. Yeah, that's a good thought. You know yeah. what I mean? You you live it and you right. discover the plot afterwards. Mm. And so I think that's kind of the essence of what he's trying to say. And I think it's I think it's true for writers. Mm-hmm. I think it's true even right. for nonfiction. Mm-hmm. I think there there are chapters I went back and looked, and I started writing and went off into this direction. Mm-hmm. I went back and looked. I didn't even use that or that story mm-hmm. or that thing or that piece yeah. and it didn't matter yeah because that was the concept that really was born out in yeah. that moment and so yeah for me for me that was probably the most yeah. thrilling part that's the part that would someday would drive me back to writing again right i have other books in mind and yeah. ideas and things that i want to do i i, I so much connect with and identified what, what with are some other no i'm not talking about it right now is what you ended up is the book is your first book what you end up writing similar to what you thought it would be I mean, you said you had another yeah. idea, but is this... No. Are you in a way surprised that this is what you ended up... Yeah. I mean, I, I am, but I, I think the the reality is... Because I think it's very book, you. This book has a lot more... This book has a lot more... See, I always thought one day I'd write books to help people. Um, this book is more about me going through mm-hmm. the journey and discovering and with that helping. And I think... I removed myself from the process in my mind years ago. Mm. Years ago, it'd be like, yeah, I think I understand scripture well. I understand this. That's what I do as a pastor. I want to help bring people toward what I believe is truth, truth about God, truth Mm. about life, you know, and I think I would have seen it more from the perspective of here, this truth will help you Mm -hmm. versus I think this came more from this is what I experienced Mm -hmm. And yep. I, I hope it has more impact because of that. And yeah. I think it's shaped probably how I would even approach writing a book anymore as an author. Yeah. Like, I, I, I not only want to, 
I think you need to have something to say. Yeah. But I think you need to have something to say because you experience something in yeah. life. Yeah. I think otherwise, I, mm. I don't know that it really matters that much. Yeah. Well, it, I don't know. Because when, 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 you've, when you've been through something you have, and you share both the good and the bad, you, you're standing on the, the two twin pillars of uh, credibility and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. you, you need to be credible enough for people to want to hear what you have to say, but vulnerable enough to actually connect with people and bring them yeah. into a story. And vulnerability has always been key, but especially now, that's, yeah. I think, the key. Yeah. And, and so you actually invited people into the story and into your yeah. life. And, yep. and, you know, a, spoiler alert, a lot of this is you pretty much planted a church from scratch. Mm-hmm. You took a leap of faith out of a rising career in the IT world. Um, and... Uh, you and your family, and you, you go through all the ups and the downs and mm-hmm. the, the leaps of faith and the times you didn't know if the money would be there, the times you didn't know if the people would be there, the times yep. you didn't. Um, and, uh, and so how did you, because one, one of the things people have asked me, and our, our books are different, but how, how did you decide how, because pers- I had somebody two weeks ago, actually, um, a young girl in our church tell me, I've been wanting to write a book. And her question was, how do you decide what to put in and what to put out? how personal to be, and when is too soon. And we kind of nuanced all that from my perspective. I'm curious for you, as you were writing yours, were there things that um, you ended up leaving out because you're like, it's just, I, I don't think it's appropriate or appropriate now, or are there things that you put in that you're surprised you left in? How did you nuance all that? Um, there's not a whole lot that I put in that I was surprised I left in. There are some things I left out for a variety of reasons. Um, there was a there's there's been experiences that I've had along the way, um, you know, just in all of my steps in this journey of, you know, like I said, the steps of faith and planning a church and doing that. Um, I think sometimes you know you look at you look at um, you look from a perspective after what eighteen years of doing this, um, and you know it's easy to kind of highlight and put everything into like just really. Um, pretty a pretty package of mm-hmm. well like you said i mean you can you can surmise it so quickly you left a career you did this you didn't know mm-hmm. but here you are right you know um the reality is that it's a lot harder along the way mm-hmm. and there is a lot more pain involved along yeah. the way there is heartbreak there mm-hmm. is loss of relationships yeah. there is so many difficult things you walk through and uh, i allude to some of those i don't go into some great detail in some of them not that i i won't uh, some I, some stuff I've left out because I want to put it into a different book and I want to do it justice. I mm-hmm. feel like I feel like mm. some of the stories were so entwined and mm. and and for me to be able to share them in a healthy way and in yeah. an honoring way mm-hmm. was just going to take away from what the concept of this book was. Yeah. And it and it, and it there will be a day I'll share more things and more stories and more things, but in an appropriate environment and an right. appropriate book. Yeah. And so, so I, I did make some decisions to not include some things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's people that have been around the journey that knows some of the painful things that we've walked mm-hmm. through and, and been around it. And, you know, there's some where it's like, oh, there's a paragraph or two and that's it. Yeah. And uh, there's obviously far more to the story there that has shaped me. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of that I'm saving for, I have uh, some other books mm-hmm. and ideas because I think that they will apply to other parts of, of my journey. Yeah. So, part, so, this, so, so I heard you say three things. One, that you uh, 
when, when you're deciding what to put in or put out, you want to do it in a way that's honoring. Yeah. Um, number two, you want to do, you know, part of what they say in writing a book, crafting a sermon, whatever, is uh, pick your controlling thought. Yeah. So if it detracted or, did, you know, went into a rabbit trail from your controlling thought, it didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and third is you don't have to put everything in there. No. And uh, not so everything needs to be did, shared. Did you, ha- did you put it, a cutting room floor? Uh, I have a document. And uh, that'll go I into. Actually have, I have. I don't know if it'll all go in there. I had sections of things that I wrote mm-hmm. that I ended up going back and cutting out. And so I did. I have a document where I was like chapter one and anything that I cut that I was yep. like, well, there was a story. There was this. I took that content and I threw it up there. Yep. Maybe I'll use it sometime. Maybe mm-hmm. I won't. Um, there are definitely things that went on the cutting room floor. Mm-hmm. Probably not a lot. I did a lot of editing along the way, which is something they don't recommend you do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like you should edit afterwards, which, but that was rough. Quickly, let's talk about editing process because we almost went there. Mm-hmm. So editing process, you said was the hardest part. Yeah. Walk us through that. Well... I think, I think the editing was so challenging. It's not because I cared so much like, oh, you know, this isn't good, cut this. That, that didn't bother me as much as it was. It was it's complex and trying to, I, think, I just think it's hard today to know who to trust with editing. Mm. You know, and you went through that process a little bit. And there's some editors or people that are just going to come in and go, change this, cut this, do this. Um, I sent it out for a lot of people mm. to peer review as well. Mm. So I was trying to get feedback from people and, you know, trying mm-hmm. to process all of that. Right. And, you know, and, and go, okay, that is somebody who is reading the book. Mm-hmm. Their feedback is important. It's valuable. Yeah. Even if I don't change it to mm-hmm. go with what they do, but I have to understand that right. was their perspective. So, you know, I think editing, I, I'll, I'll make that a little bit of a bigger process. There's editing, there's peer review, mm-hmm. you know, there is, I think what was challenging, I had, I had a few different, I had a couple people kind of edit. I mean, you kind of went through it and did a version of kind of editing and some stuff. You were one of the ones that not only peer-reviewed, but I think also said, hey, I think you could probably reword that and make it better, or I think this needs more color, or I think this. Mm -hmm. So you really helped me a lot in that process. Then I had an editor. Then I had someone else. I had a couple other people proof it, which one person was more like an editor than a proofreader. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there was a lot of conflicting Mm -hmm. edits. Yeah, (laughs) And I was like... (laughs) Is it this person's edits or this person's right. edits? Because they're saying the opposites. Right. I don't know what right. to pick. You know, so some of that was just frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think writing rules have changed so much. Yeah. And some seem fluid. Yeah. And some, and some seem like, uh, and then some would be like, well, you can do that or you can do that. Well, which one's right? <laughs> right. Whichever one you want. Oh, uh, okay. Which one do I want? You know, and again, yeah. these are minor things, but they're things that you obsess about mm-hmm. when you write. Yep. yep. These are things like, should that word be hyphenated? Yep. Yeah, well, you, I don't like the way. Are, yeah. are we going to write out all numbers? Okay, you're doing Chicago-style editing, which you should mm-hmm. with nonfiction, okay, mm-hmm. which means that uh, all of your numbers from, like, 10 and above are written out, but I don't like the way it looks on the page, and people are breaking rules, and so can I do these as numbers instead of writing them out because yeah. I don't like the way it looks? You know what I mean? So uh, there's a lot more to yeah. it than you ever cons- mm-hmm. you ever would think, but it was just the editing and publishing slash marketing process is just one that mm. you just go, I just want to be done with this. It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot of work. You know what it's like. I got to the other side and I thought writing the book was grueling yeah. and it was. The discipline you need for that was really, really yeah. hard yeah. to write. But when I got done, I felt more satisfaction mm-hmm. out of that yeah. than I did yeah. what I've done the last 
eight months or yeah. year almost. It, it is uh, hard that to process. Is really, it's hard. hard to describe how mentally draining, yeah. grueling, it's mentally taxing. Just, yeah, it's. Uh, it, and on top of everything else you have to do in life, right? I yeah. mean, I'm still working, still doing, yeah. coming to church every day, still preaching sermons, right. still writing a mini book every single week. I mean, I write. <laughs> I tell people it's my daughter; she's in school, and you know, they talk about oh, I got to write this three-page paper, and it's double spaced, <laughs> and blah, blah blah. And that's when you're in high school; it's a lot. Yeah, I'm like, I write 13 pages single spaced every single week. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You know, For a real? paper. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much. So you know, of course, that's might be 14 point font, but it, it's it's just a lot. It's I'm, I got into the habit of doing that, so that helped me yeah. of doing that. But it's, I do a lot of writing, mm. a lot of writing, because I write my sermons out before I even give them. Yep. So I, I just got in the habit of doing a lot of writing. So, But it is mentally taxing. Mm. And when you have it hanging over you, and you just want to get it over with, yeah. and you, have to, you just have to stick, stick with it. Yeah. Um, how do you feel now, having finished it? How's the? I'm, I feel good. I'm. I'm really glad. So there have been so many iterations of the interior, the exterior of the book. Mm-hmm. I've had it proofed numerous times by numerous people. I've gotten multiple proofs back, made changes to it. Keep mm-hmm. finding more little things, spacing mm-hmm. error. This, this, this. I'm kind of at a point where I'm not looking anymore. <laughs> yeah. So it's at like it is what it is, and you have to just put well, it to bed, chip it. We had a, a podcast episode about two years ago. A year and a half ago, where we had the Crave team and, and Pastor Trey was talking about the um, the one of the books by Seth Godin and his phrase: "At some point, you have to ship your work." Yeah, you have to ship your work. You just have to say it's done. Yeah, I'm shipping. I'm it. kind of at the point where, unless I mean, if I find something and, and I could modify it, but I, book, by but the I way. could ship it. Thank you. I, I yeah, designed I'm, by Tucker. Tucker, Tucker helped me design it. Tucker Johnson. He's on a Creative team here, and um, yeah, I it's. It's funny how all of that comes together because mm-hmm. it's really hard sometimes. You can have a concept, but then to create a visual of the concept. Yeah. That was, you know. And I love it. It's bright. It's bold, like the book. Yeah. And so, let, at least for a minute, this, the whole thought of it, it seems the burning passion for you is what if there could be more to life? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's something that I think um, people at any point in their life ask, but a lot of times I feel like it can be, just be really easy to suppress that. Yeah. Um, if you're, if, 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 depending on the environment you grew up in, depending on how hard life is, depending on how much life has disappointed you. And so talk to me about that. Do you, do you, do you think every, because sometimes some people debate, we've heard Erwin and Aaron debate this, like, um, is there a deep (laughs) gnawing and hunger innately inside people to do Mm. and be great, Mm. uh, to, to live heroic lives? Mm-hmm. to be caught up in a story yeah. bigger than themselves. Yeah. And if so, yeah. why does it seem so many of us just settle for less, mm-hmm. seem to be good with a nine to five, yeah. uh, pay the bills, I, uh, and I'm good? Yeah. I, and, and how does this I address think, that? And I, and I addressed a little bit week one of the series that we've done that's not in the book, but I do think that that exists in all of us. I, I can see that because of the creativity, the imagination, the innovation that kids can do naturally. Mm-hmm. And I talked in there about a, um, um, a study that was done by George yeah. Land uh, and, um, and Beth Harmon that did a study back in the 60s for NASA while they were doing, developing something for NASA, turned into doing a study to find out about creativity with kids and come to find out like 98% of kids at a really young age score at a genius level. Mm. Creatively, 
Whereas today as adults, it's like 2%. So we've gone from 98% are really creative to at some point by the time you become a teenager or an adult, only about 2% register as a genius. So mm-hmm. something obviously changes yeah. that we lose this imagination, this creation of, of like I, I talked about at the beginning of the series about how I used to imagine worlds that I would go in and I'd have to fight bad guys. You know, I wanted to be a ninja. You wanted to be a ninja. I'm sure, yeah, and I'm sure you probably did too. You wanted to be like me. Yeah, I, mean, I wanted to be like you, know. you, a ninja who was breaking boards on fire. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that exists in us for a reason. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's by accident. Mm. I personally think what happens is, is that we end up settling to pursue, I would say here in America, we will pursue the American dream rather than a God-given dream. Mm. So we have been convinced that the ideal... Mm-hmm. life, the, the idea of success yeah. is to be comfortable, yeah. is to uh, not want for anything, mm-hmm. is to you know, um, be able to retire at a certain age, is to be able to take trips. Mm-hmm. And it's like, these are the things that we glorify. And while experiences like that can be fun, I'm not sure they're that fulfilling, mm-hmm. ultimately. Yeah. And I, I think why I really wrote that is because my journey in leading this church, and I understand that there's a disconnect between, okay, you, you feel like you're in ministry and called to, to kind of lead a church, and there's a lot of purpose involved with that and all of that. I, I just, I kind of reject the idea that, okay, a pastor has a significant purpose and a business leader does not. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't think everybody needs to be pastors and be a ministry. I really think we need people in every facet of life. Mm-hmm. But I think if you are going to follow Jesus, then you are invited to and you're called to walk away from control over your life yeah. and to follow what he wants to do through you. Yeah. And, and I do actually think that there is the marrying of a purpose that we were innately given when we were created. Yeah. And I, I do think that we are self-medicating in our culture mm-hmm. We're self-medicating through things we can buy. We're self-medicating through trips, through stuff, mm-hmm. through all kinds of other yeah. things because we, we don't know how to deal with yeah. the sense of there's not fulfillment. Yeah. You said something Sunday that I thought was so good. You, you're talking about that, that burning bonfire internally, mm-hmm. however you phrase it, that's inside all of us in youth. Yeah. To explore, discover, become, and how as we grow up, many of us take that internal desire and mm-hmm. fire and end up living prodigal lives instead of purposeful lives. Yeah. And everything you're saying about, you know, we, we self-medicate it reminds me, Victor Frankel, the the psychologist, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was part of this, you know, survived the Holocaust, Holocaust and went on to uh create logotherapy and, and all that stuff. He has this famous quote where he says, uh, when man can't find a deep sense of meaning, they distract themselves with pleasure. Yeah, and I, yeah. I was actually watching—I um, forget—some leader last night um, in the business world. They actually said uh, it was speaking to men. But he said there's two types of men: there's uh, pleasure-driven men and purpose-driven men. Mm-hmm. And pleasure-driven men um, always have a deep sense, inner sense of angst and sadness and um, addiction. And he said, but the purpose-driven man has a deep sense of joy yeah. and discipline yeah. and passion. Yeah. And, and so I, I, think, I think you're hitting on something because I think a lot of times what we really think is depression could just be a lack of purpose. Yeah. What we think of as deep anxiety is, yeah. is a lack of meaning. Yeah. I, and I think 
what I've experienced and the reason why I've experienced this because I've been in positions or I put myself in positions where I have to make some really scary decisions that take faith. Yeah. And I try to, I want, my goal is to equate that to just everyday life because it may look different. It might yeah. not be yeah. you're leading a church, but you could be leading a business organization. Yeah. You are leading a family. You all have to make scary decisions right. about whether or not you're going to uproot your family and move over to this place to pursue mm. this job or this mm -hmm. career. Or it could just be like personally, like what are, what are you passionate about? I really mm -hmm. think that our purpose is often found and it's mm -hmm. tethered to our passion. Yeah. Like there, the, what bothers you? Yeah. What bothers you? And I think it, it has become, we have become so comfortable that there are so many things that bother us, but we don't actually do anything about them. Yeah. And I, I just think that we will find the most adventure, fulfillment, satisfaction, like the life that I'm living and have gone down, it is like, and I talk about it in the book is really scary. Yeah. Like I'm making decisions that are like that. This could change the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. This could bankrupt the church. This could, I don't know if this is like, you know, but I also know, and one of the reasons why I had to circle back around and write a 13th chapter, it's not mm -hmm. chapter 13, um, but an epilogue is because of some of the miracles mm -hmm. that I had seen come out of those yeah. decisions. And I, and I just think, are we settling in general for mm -hmm. a life yeah. where there's no supernatural things mm -hmm. happening? There's yeah. no miracles happening. Yeah. There's no impossible situations. You only attempt what you're pretty sure that you can accomplish. Mm -hmm. Or are we actually living kind of life where we say, I trust God. And if I feel like he's leading me to do this, even if yeah. I don't have the resource and I don't know how it's going to turn out, yeah. I'm still going to step. Yeah. And that's kind of what my journey's been. And I've been writing it from the position of, I don't know what's going to happen. Right. We built this facility. I talk about building mm -hmm. it. I talk about all the things that happened with it. I talk about building it and then COVID happens. Mm -hmm. I talk about all these things and it is scary. Mm -hmm. And I don't for one second, like I, I want to remove the stigma. That's the whole point around the title. I want to remove the stigma that to have faith means you don't have fear. Right. I I actually think in, in, um, that, uh, the phrase that it kind of uh, brought out in one of the shirts that we have is that um, your future exists in the space between fear and faith. Yeah. And they actually have far more in common than yeah. we might ever realize. Right. And I think the key is not to live without fear. Yeah. I think the key is to live with faith mm -hmm. and you're going to have fear mm -hmm. and it's not letting fear dictate you and yeah. control you and paralyze you and mm -hmm. cause you that but it's also but i try to get real practical i try to use some neuroscience and other things that i just love mm -hmm. to kind of help us like understand why we react in certain ways that mm -hmm. we do and how do we actually take steps to overcome that so it does yeah. not keep us from stepping yeah. into the future that yeah god has for us yeah it's so good and i love all the science tidbits you put in there <laughs> and it's, it's fascinating it's such a but uh, yeah, you're you're really in this series into the book. You're reframing faith. Yeah, that's I mean, my goal. I got a couple uh, quotes. That I was I, I don't know if you saw. I, I put together um, mm -hmm. just a, a little. I don't know what you call it, but it was all my fa my my favorite quotes from Sunday. And like, um, it's uh, faith isn't about what you believe, but who you obey. Yeah. Um, faith isn't um, about uh, knowing what you're going to catch, but it's about going to fish anyways. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you said, um, or some of the others. Faith I, isn't tethered to result. Faith isn't tethered to a result. But to your obedience. But to your obedience. Yeah. Um, I heard somebody say say something similar one time. They said, they said faith isn't about an outcome, but an outlook. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, and so I love that. But you're also dealing with something 
that you know as as you walk people through your own story, mm-hmm. which is this thing that like faith and certainty are opposites. Yeah. And so one of the things you're dealing with is like really what you're talking about is to live a life of meaning and you go into this, mm-hmm. you must also live a life of risk. Yes. Not risk for risk's sake. Right. But um, a, a kind of a holy risk yeah. that, that the reason, like you said, we don't experience the miracles, we don't experience the supernatural, is we remove ourselves from the context where any of those things would even be needed. Yep. So what does it look like to have something that pulls you forward into the waters, to use yeah. the Peter analogy, um, that actually causes you to risk, but to realize that just because you risk with Jesus doesn't mean the uncertainty is removed Mm-mm. of how everything's going to turn out. No. And so I love that because you, you, part of it is you're writing from the place of, hey, as I was going through this, I didn't know what was going to happen. I trust God. And somehow or another, however it turns out, he's going to use it. Yeah. And so it's, mm. and, and there's more of that in scripture yeah. than we realize. We've talked yeah. about one of our favorite stories is um, perhaps the Lord. Yeah. Uh, there, there's no. this story where they're talking about going out and, and, and facing the enemy and, and, and taking a mountain. And they said, who knows, perhaps the Lord will give us victory. Yeah. But there's this boldness from a, from a faith perspective. Um, I just, I, this is one of the reasons I love the message of this book is that true faith should catalyze you to run towards the future. Yes. True faith should cause you, uh, it says in Proverbs, that the righteous are bold as lions. Yeah. Um, not um, as uh, not, not tame, mm-hmm. um, and and so something about true faith should actually move you yeah. to action. That was one of the, oh, that was one of the yeah. things you said is you nuanced the thought of faith, faith moves, moves the heart, heart of God, God, and you said no, faith should move you, and you actually moving moves the heart of God. Yeah, um, and so. I don't know. There's faith so many directions. Is, we faith could... is just such an active thing. And I, yeah, my goal was to really, uh, like you said, I wanted to reframe faith. I mm-hmm. feel like it's been twisted and manipulated and it's not a formula and it's not a feeling, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not a mystical force. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just like a force where it's like, okay, I tap into this or it's not, you know, it's not a, I can name and claim anything I want. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not that. Um, it's, it's so hard because it's, 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 it's one of those concepts mm-hmm. that's not, you can't put your hands on, it's ethereal, mm-hmm. it's, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. but it's real. Yeah. And, um, and so I, those are hard concepts to sometimes mm-hmm. wrestle with. Yeah. And try to nuance, but do it in a, in mm-hmm. a way that is from scripture, in a yeah. way that is from my story. Yeah. That has been my experience with mm-hmm. it and my journey with faith. Yeah. And so, again, I, I never thought I would write a book about faith. I, di- mm-hmm. I really didn't. But as I, as I followed Jesus mm. into what he called me to do yeah. and found out very quickly that I can't mm-hmm. do what he's called me to do without faith, right. I have just been stepping and stepping mm-hmm. and walking in it and having to make decisions that are getting harder and harder and bigger and bigger and mm-hmm. riskier and riskier. Yeah. And it's, it's really been through that perspective that I wrote this, and I did. If you read the prologue, I, I wrote it from, I don't know how things would turn out in some of the decisions that we've made. We're still living in them. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the huge steps of faith that I talk about, whether it was with our building and other things, they got even bigger once mm-hmm. we got in, once I get in and I tell the story. Um, I, I wrote it. I don't know. That's why I had to go back and write an epilogue, mm-hmm. and it still isn't all of it, but I wanted to say, mm-hmm. like, after I finished writing it, some of the, because mm-hmm. God just continues to bring provision little by little and day right. by day. And I can sit back, and when I look at it, the whole thing—it's really scary. And I'm, you know, I there are there are so many thoughts that I've had that I didn't put in that yeah. book that 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 uh, may come out in future ones. Yeah. But just you know, how how do I how do I cope with the fear? Yeah, I talk a little bit about it, but yeah. there's there's more layers and levels yeah. to you it. You got to get it. But I, 
Yeah. The thought the thought hit me because um, I just this whole concept I just resonate with so much. But um, you can remove risk and feel secure, but if you remove risk, you'll never feel alive. Yeah. So good. And it's you would probably say it's in the moments when you took the biggest risk. Yes. Of faith that you wanted to throw up in your mouth. Yeah. And yet felt so alive. Yes. Because that's Some of the greatest what, moments of my life and ministry have been on the un- other side of the biggest steps of faith ever taken, mm-hmm. the biggest risk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I write about that. And for those who are newer to our community, you know, they, they won't know the, some of those stories. And so some of this will allow you to kind of relive some of the stories yeah. of like buying a building and going to Lithopolis, mm-hmm. which seemed like an impossibility for a small church that we yeah. had and what it was like when people showed up. And, yeah. you know, just it's, it's, it's really hard to communicate mm-hmm. how you felt in a moment. Yeah. But all I tell you is like you, you never forget. Yeah how you felt yeah. in those moments because it was so impactful to you. Yeah. And I think those are the, like you said, those are the kind of things that we should be experiencing. That is what it means to be fully alive. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if we are settling down and settling for less. Yeah. And if we are living lives that though we might be breathing, we're not really alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Though we have a pulse, yeah. we're not really following a purpose. Yeah. And I just wonder if there's more. Mm-hmm. And I know there is because I'm living in it, yeah. but I don't think it's just for me. I think it's for every person yeah, who says, I will follow Jesus. Yeah. And, it, and it'll look different in their context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll look different than what God's called me to do, but it'll still be scary and mm-hmm. you'll still feel alive, yeah. fully alive. So I love it. Yeah. And, and I can say this, um, any, uh, it's very accessible. So yeah. Anybody listening, even if you're not a follower of Jesus, you'll still love the book. Yeah. If you're not a church planner, but you're a 16-year-old girl or a 30-year-old single mom or an old, whatever place you're at in life is so accessible yeah. to the human experience that you will fall in love with it. And it's going to inspire. And I just can't wait for people to get their hands yeah. on this book because I know it's going to change a whole lot of lives. So any last thoughts? It hits May, May 17th. 17th. Um, Amazon, wherever yep. major online yep. places can be sold. Uh, um, buy several copies, leave a review. Yeah, leave a review on Amazon. I'd love to know what you thought of the book. Um, you can uh, you can go to scaryfaithbook.com, which mm-hmm. is the URL for the book, and there'll be resources on there. We have a companion reading guide that has questions and things. So if anybody ever wants to, because you know, I, I, we know this with your book, yep. it's like, hey, we have a book club or we have a small group that wants to do it. We're going to have kind of a guide that can go along yep. with that have questions and maybe challenge mm-hmm. you with some action yep. items for each chapter. Um, so there's gonna be a lot of resources. So scaryfaithbook.com, it'll be out on Amazon and so May exciting. 17th and other places. So, so excited. May yeah. 17th, we're going to party a little bit. Yes. Yeah, so we'll we're going to have a celebration It'll be fun. and uh, a whole lot of lives yeah. are going to be changed. So if you've ever thought there's more to life, yeah. get this book, buy copies for friends, uh, leave a review. It may not sound like a big deal, but when you leave a review, you give a more prominent space on the internet for yeah. people to actually see the it message of this book. It helps an author. It helps us, uh, yeah. uh, especially a self-published author. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all part of like yep. the algorithms that uh, Amazon does to kind of get it in front of people when they search for it. Yep. So, so shameless plug. This is going to change your life. Yeah. Scary Faith uh, by Tim Moore. And uh, if you have any thoughts, questions, or comments, always send those into podcast at thex.church. Thank you always for joining these conversations. And uh, we'll see you next week.